Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. How's it going, everybody? This is the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and we have got today for you iconic American painter Georgia O'Keeffe and former British monarch George III, King George III, the guy who was king during the American Revolution and a whole bunch of other cool wars. Uh, Before we get to the episode proper, a couple of quick announcements. Just want to remind you guys that this is the last month that you can ever see my improv team, Junior Varsity. We will be up every Thursday in January at 7 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. Our last show will be January 31st at 7 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. Pick up those tickets now. We will sell out. I guarantee it. Don't forget, you can also check out the freshest episodes of Famous Dead People every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Email us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. Buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now, and it is hilarious. Rate and review the podcast. Leave a comment. Tell your friends. And, of course, you can check out all my stuff at jaredberenstein.com. That's where I put all my show dates and upcoming projects. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy King George III and Georgia O'Keeffe only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. People you know. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. Famous stories stuck in the heads. My guests today on Famous Dead People are American painter and artist best known for her depictions of enlarged flowers, skyscrapers, and New Mexico landscapes, Georgia O'Keeffe. Hello. And uh, the 18th century British monarch who reigned during the Seven Years' War with France, the American War of Independence, and the Battle of Waterloo against Napoleon, King George III. Charmed, I'm sure. Uh, Your Majesty, King George, Ms. O'Keefe, mm-hmm. thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. Thanks so much that for having it. us. So such a pleasure. Uh, so let's start off with uh, you, King George. Uh, as I mentioned in the intro, your reign was marked by a series of military conflicts involving your empire. So I'd like to start off by talking about probably the most famous war that you were involved with, the American Revolutionary War. Uh, It's it's pretty big over here. Oh, definitely, definitely. Never quite made it big over in Europe, though. I gotta say, I did find it interesting reading the Wikipedia and, and hearing it described as the American Revolutionary War because we don't talk about it as being the American... We just say the Revolutionary War, you know? It's so interesting, like... I don't know, just a perspective thing. Um, so you have small-minded American, long what? been painted. Who invited this guy as an evil tyrant, uh, eager to dominate the American colonists? But more recent historians suggest uh, that this was not your attitude at all. That you had hoped for a political solution to the situation, and that generally the war was the fault of your parliament, and you just kind of went along with it because it was easier politically. Is that the case? that you were generally uninterested in the American Revolution, that you weren't like a mean and evil, angry tyrant pushing for war, trying to punish the revolutionaries, that sort of thing. Well, let's get one thing straight. I I am mean and evil. Oh, are you? But it's also true that I did not quite care for the American conflict. I thought mm. they can have the whole... Oh, you can take the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Go nuts with America, you you bunch of American scoundrels, you. Okay. Have fun. Ruin it. <laughs> Run it into the ground. See if I care. Mm-hmm. But, of course, 
My parliament insisted that we send troops over to fight, and I wanted to send the troops over to France and other places in Europe. You wanted to, to send troops over to France instead. I wanted to dominate all of Europe. Well, see, you had, uh, you, you were you're sort of reigning for the victory oh, at, at the end of the Seven Year War. Um, and so you wanted to keep that conflict going between France? I thought that there was a peace accord at that point. I didn't want to stop till they were drinking my piss. <laughs> didn't want to stop until the French were drinking your piss. Yes, of course I wanted to dominate Europe. I didn't oh, care I about see. America. America's for the heathens and the scoundrels and the lollygaggers and the tomfoolery and the mm-hmm. shenanigans and the... And all of that. Well, I mean, obviously, that is the attitude that you had at the time. This is what you're describing. But now, knowing what America has become, like, that's not your attitude anymore, right? Oh, no. No, now America is full of upright, intelligent citizenry. Can you detect the sarcasm (laughs) in my voice? I can't. I was proven incorrect. The British accent tends to mask the sarcasm pretty well. Well, can you hear this sarcasm? America (laughs) is super cool, and I like it. I'm just saying, like, we have uh, one of the most uh, iconic and impressive American painters here in the studio. Surely you could have some respect for the country. I have to say, I I have to agree with the the king. You agree. Well, for sure. With King George. Yeah. Yes. One of the most iconic American painters of all time, really? Yes. I think America's full of uh, debauchery and and stupid people. And I, I have to... I didn't want to get into this, but I, I have to say. I, Let it rip. America blows. Yeah, Georgia O'Keefe explaining what. I hate everybody. You I hate, hate everybody. everybody who's ever existed. Whoa. I, yes. I can't. Ow. Yes. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I, I don't like. I've yet to meet anybody who I actually find tolerable. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I know that. Um, I think I like the cut of her jib. <laughs> I know that um, you know you were married at one point. Like, did you did you have those feelings towards your husband? Did you did you did you kind of have that animosity? Would you only get married because you felt like you had to? Yes, he would just just kind of harassing me and wore me down. So uh, I, uh, I see. yes, he I... was sort of like stop annoying me. Of course, I'll marry you. Yeah, some stalking works. Like people don't talk about that about the the numbers. Like there is a certain percentage where it's just like yeah, if you annoy. The, Some, your crush enough, male or female. And you will persevere. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You, eventually we'll wear them I'm going to let you guys go out on that limb on your own. <laughs> that's not... That's not. I opinion. mean, I'm just speaking my truth. You mm-hmm. don't have to... Yeah, I'm just repeating. I'm not I'm just, saying I, I advocate it, but yeah. that's what happens. Okay. I, do, I don't think people should do it either. I'm just saying what Georgio O'Keefe is saying. Yep. Sure, that, that, walk that, it that back. Is, <laughs> that is... Wow. Uh, the statistical point that she has made uh, here in the studio... Um, so yeah, um, knowing knowing how you felt about uh, America during the Revolutionary War, like the war ends, you know, and uh, and you meet with John Adams and you say, you know, hey, even though there was a war, we can still be friends, you know. Was that just sort of like a just sort of like a brush off, or did you actually believe in like developing actual relationships with the American colonists, or which is now an independent nation, of course? Yes, of course. Well, uh, again, it's like you said, people don't pick up on the sarcasm. <laughs> 
like, oh, don't. It's all good, dude. We can be friends. Mm-hmm. We're, we're good pals. We're buddies. And John Adams was like, wow, that's nice. That's yes. great. And I'm I was so laughing the whole ship ride back to England. I was like, oh, you went oh, to America. Oh. You went to America to meet with yes. John Adams? Yes. Wow, that, that is nowhere in the Wikipedia. Yes, well, the Wikipedia is often wrong. Why did you, the king of the of of uh the, the British Isles, uh you and and I believe part of your title, part of your honor was that you were also the king of France. Um why did you deign to make the trip and go over instead of having the envoy come to to England? I'll always make the trip for a good burn. Because <laughs> I was going to burn him. I was like, he may have won the war, but I'll go I'll go all across the Atlantic Ocean, just to say, oh, don't worry, dude, we're cool. You're going to sting this guy with your sarcasm. Did you work on it for a long time? Yes, the like... whole ship ride over, I was practicing. I said, <laughs> I've got to make sure this reads as sarcasm. Mm-hmm. So I practiced on all of my all of my inferiors and all the people, the shipmates, and I said, how does this, how does this read? <clears throat> uh, no, it's cool, man. No, it's all good, dude. Walter, under the bridge, we're buddies. Do you mind if I play the people on the ship responding yes, to please. that? Yes, Oh, your majesty, that's right. Sarcastic, that is. Yes, that's what they oh, would do. They all said it was... Oh, that's good sarcasm, it is. Straight <laughs> yes. from me, pa. Yes. So I was... You can imagine <laughs> how how shocked I was when John Adams didn't get it. It was like... You guys, and all the whole ship ride back, you can play them again. I was like, <laughs> I was very clear with my sarcasm, wasn't oh, I? Oh, I thought so, too. Yes. <laughs> so, like, I didn't get it. Is it possible that you just did, he didn't understand your English sarcasm, you didn't understand his American sarcasm? Was I mean, the language barrier couldn't have been that strong at that time. Like, we weren't that far removed from our, from our uh, you know, colonizers. You know, there was a lot more mingling we were we were like one generation apart right i think uh, i think the americans are just thick uh, i think they're born with different shaped skulls <laughs> and i want to talk about as something an, called phrenology as an american i well it's a it is a dead science phrenology it's alive i'm keeping it alive uh let's move over to georgia O'Keefe for just a moment so as i mentioned in your intro uh, you are one of the most notable, uh, one of your most notable accomplishments was your work with flowers. You painted large scale flowers as if seen through a magnifying glass, which people have interpreted as being metaphors for vaginas. Right. However, while you were alive, you denied that intention. So my first question to you is, do you stand by what you said earlier that the pictures were not intended to be vaginas at all? Well, they are my vaginas. They're your vaginas. Yes. yes. So they're not actually paintings of flowers at all. They're well, your vagina. Well, do do you understand? You know what a dick pic is, right? Of course. Well, I feel like I am the inventor of the dick pic. Interesting. Yes, see, but I couldn't. Do you know how hard it is to take a selfie of your vagina with those old timey turn of the century cameras? Do you? Mm-hmm. You do? I, I'm sure I'm sure it's extremely difficult. You can yeah. imagine, mm-hmm. uh, even being an American with a thick head like me. <laughs> uh, Thank you. You, what? Um, <laughs> so instead of taking pictures, I just painted variations of my vagina, mm-hmm. and then it, it just took off. So I And can... so you were saying maybe that they were flowers for what purpose exactly? Oh, well, because if it was a straight-up vagina, no one would... would care or people would be freaked out because everyone was so of course this is the early exactly. so 20th I sort of century had to mask it a little bit i see but, uh, yeah, gotcha that's all 
all of me. All okay. Yeah. And so people were like, there were some famous art critics back then who were like, I believe, and this is going to sound crazy, you guys, but I believe that these flowers that are that are blooming out towards the canvas, and mm-hmm. you could see the the supple lips and the and this and the uh, a delicate uh, mm-hmm. dotted stamen. Uh, oh, you nasty boy! <laughs> I think I could be wrong here, but I think that this might be like a like a metaphor, like a visual representation of a woman's genitals. And then you, of course, go. I just had to throw them off the trail. I just had uh, you got to keep people guessing. Gotcha, so I said, gotcha. "Nope, nope, not me." Not but, even a uh, cl- well, did you give them another reason though? Like perhaps why you were painting these flowers if they weren't meant to be genitals specifically? Well, I really just like fucking with people because as I said, I hate everybody. Right. So the this look was, of confusion on people's faces brings me joy. This was like your own personal way of proving how dumb everybody was that they were going to believe that they were just flowers. Why, yes, and I made so much money off of it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Your, your, your flowers did very, very well. Yes. Now, so you mentioned dick pics and you said that this was sort of like your your version of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that dick pics are sort of like a thing that guys do and they send them to people mm-hmm. to like entice to say to suggest like you know hey you could get a little bit of this you know what we called them in my day what did you call them in your day king george dick paintings dick <laughs> yeah so he gets it gotcha was that the intention with your uh flower pictures was oh the, yes i got the, a lot of d you got a lot of d the vitamin d interesting mm-hmm. okay were you were there like specific Objects of your affection that you were like, ooh, I'm going to send this flower to this guy and then he's going to know what's up. Well, I would just have art galleries and then people would look at them and they would come say like, why why do I have a massive erection right now? And I would say, I don't know, but I have this lob- this room in the back that we can go sit in. Ooh. So I would just seduce a bunch of stupid, oh. horny men. Oh, that's, uh, that is quite a scam that you, that you were working over there. They worked. Uh, now at nine, so this was like in the 1920s when you were doing these flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, in by 1925, you had moved on to skyscrapers instead. Mm-hmm. Did anybody ever suggest that those were metaphors for male genitalia, that they were penises instead? Yep, I sh- they did. Yes, interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that anywhere on the Wikipedia, which I thought was maybe like sexism. Like maybe they were like these flowers are clearly vaginas. These skyscrapers, definitely not dicks. Yes. Uh, But people did make that connection back then. Yes. Well, I got bored of drawing my own vagina, so I Mm. started drawing representations of all the the dick I was getting. Oh, interesting. All the men that you were seducing Mm -hmm. in the back rooms of your galleries. That's right. Interesting. So some some you'd make like really... Tall and skinny. Mm-hmm. Some you'd make like short and fat. Short and fat. <laughs> the uh, the chode Some building. Some smellier than others. Mm. Oh, how did you how did you represent the smell? Oh, you would not. Um, you have no vision. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm not a painter. Oh. Unfortunately, my medium is is audio. Audio. I know? see. I see. Well, yes, you can. I I feel like people can see smells, and uh, I try to capture smells. that. Yes, I try to capture that in my painting. Mm. Yes. Do you mind if I ask? Just like if if you could just paint us a very quick picture of how you would communicate that a dick building was smelly like anything anything you can you can give to us visually oh i i I, there's different brush strokes you can put on Mm, the painting different oils you can use might i suggest maybe just some squiggly lines (laughs) and some flies (laughs) i mean 
That is one way to do it. Is that, that is that what you're referring to, or is, or is your method a little bit subtler than that? No, that sounds correct. That, that oh, so it's just wavy lines, lines and, yes. and flies. Have you seen Charlie Brown? What's uh, that smelly boy? Yes, that's Pigpen? smelly boy. Yeah, okay. Yes, exactly. I was gonna Precisely. Say, I was going to say maybe a person like walking by, like holding their nose. Or <laughs> yes, exactly. Waving the air in front of their maybe nose. Maybe a speech bubble that says, Pew! Gross. What I never smell. thought of that. What oh. a stink. You can have that. I'll take it. <laughs> if I'm, just... I'm, see, I don't, that, that's not my art. I've, mm-hmm. I've gotten in lately to producing beats. To doing King George, that's that's your thing now, is doing yeah. beats? Do you yeah, have a DJ I'm name? dabbling. Uh, I want to hear more about that. If you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are 18th century British monarch who reigned during the American Revolution of Independence, King George III. Oh, wibbity bobbity boo. <laughs> and 20th century painter Georgia O'Keeffe. Hi. Uh, so, yeah, you're saying that you're doing beats now, King George? Well, you, uh, of course, I'm. I'm not the king anymore, mm-hmm. so I've got to get something going. And well, what's your DJ name? Did you have a DJ name, King George? DJ King George. Ooh, wow, I like it. The third. It's it's subtle. Uh, so yeah, like, are you are you spinning now? Are you are you are you hitting the club circuit? Are you trying are you, to trying to do big uh, big festivals? Not yet. I'm starting. Just I'm trying to get everything just right before I take it public. Mm-hmm. I've just been in my. In my throne, in my room, creating beats. Gotcha. And I would it be would it be too much to ask for a taste for, you know, just like what what is something that we could associate okay, with like no, the King no. George the Third sound, DJ sure. King George the Third sound. So uh, here's a little something I've been working on. It's a take over colonies. Kill all the natives. This is a pretty good beats. This is bad. You know what? I can see kids getting busy to that into Clurb. It's a bop. That's that's definitely a bop. It's you got a bars. Bop. You got it's bars. A bop. Um, it's a bop's worth. Let's uh let's move back over to King George for a moment. So let's talk a little bit about your early life. Uh I read on the Wikipedia that you were a premature birth. So it was three. It was thought that you would not survive into adulthood, but you did, of course, grow into a healthy and precocious young man. According to the Wikipedia, you were able to comment on political issues of the time by the age of eight. Is that right? Absolutely. I find that hard to believe that an eight-year-old would not only be aware of contemporary politics, uh, but that you would also have it, be able to have an opinion on them. Like, Do you remember any examples of political situations of the era, like 1746-ish. 1746 That your eight-year-old brain was able to have an opinion on and also know about? Absolutely. Well, let's see. Let's go back to what was happening in 1746. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I know this. So, <laughs> no, Prussia. I'd be like, mm-hmm. Prussia. Don't get me started on Prussia. You're eight years old. And I'm saying this at eight. Don't get me started. And then now. they'd be like, oh, what about, what about Saxony? And mm-hmm. I'd say, don't get me started on <laughs> Saxony. And it was just sort of like a very mature stance to have because it mm-hmm. was like, don't even get me started. Overwhelmed mm-hmm. at eight. Yeah. Because it was, that's just sort of. I got to say, it sounds a little bit like you didn't have any opinions about these well. political things, but you were sort of like, you know, uh, suggesting that you had these big opinions, but never actually delving into them, never actually talking about them. 
He was clearly over it by eight. <laughs> yes, I, over was it. I was so over the whole thing. I was Georgia. like, don't even get me started. Georgia O'Keefe, I think yeah. you're falling for this con here. What? I think you're falling for it. I know it sounds like he has so many opinions that he doesn't even want to get started talking about them. Otherwise, he's going to be talking for a long, long time. Is he using his sarcasm I again? think it might be. Oh. Is it sarcasm, King No, George? it's more of, uh, what would you I would, call it? I would it? call it um, uh, disingenuousness, maybe. Um, uh, sure. Maybe, uh, you know. Um, maybe just cynical uh, <laughs> av- cynical avoidance of any real substance. Oh, Don't even get me started. <laughs> did you ever, at that age, espouse an act? Did you, let, let me put it this way. Did you ever get started? started on any topic well let's see yes i would when say... you said don't get me started did anybody go let's get this kid started <laughs> they would let's get it for started example in here. they'd be like what about the colonies overseas mm-hmm. the, the american colonies and mm-hmm. i'd say don't even get me started <laughs> and they'd say let's get this kid started yeah and get say, it started in here crush them eventually Ooh. we must invade and murder Murder them all. Oh, wow. And any traitor, anyone who doesn't, isn't loyal to the crowds to be killed. And they'd be like, we shouldn't have gotten him started. <laughs> wow. All right. I mean, and you still, you put that in your music about taking <laughs> colonies still, and you're still thinking about that stuff? Oh, it's, I got a big hard on for America. Hmm. What? I do too, like but a I, skyscraper? Think, I think you're <laughs> like a skyscraper, yeah. I think your heart on might be different than my heart on. My heart on is is with like love, like I love this country. You just freaking love America, and I love being American, and I love all the opportunities that we have available to us here oh, in this yeah. country. You drank the Kool Aid, huh? I think your heart on might be different. Like you, you have a heart on for sticking it to America. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. What to mm-hmm. it? Sticking his heart on to oh, it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sticking my penis on it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to uh, George O'Keefe for just a moment. So you decided very on early on in your life to be an artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you I was eight. You were, oh, were you eight? Yes. Oh, that's fun. Yep. The two of you basically decided your life's path. Eight is when you figure everything out. Eight is not I've when I learned. figure out my life path, you know. No, I, that's when the skull becomes hardened, hardened. To, its, to its shape. Fully to, formed. To its mm-hmm. shape based on your ethnicity. Oh, does ethnicity have something to do with it? Yes. Mm. Skull shape is defined I, by ethnicity and predetermines criminal predilections. Ah, I didn't know that. Phrenology. You should definitely feel our heads after the show and let us <laughs> know will. which of us are criminals or are <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, Georgia O'Keefe, you mm-hmm. studied art all through high school and college. Yes. You continued your education until you ran out of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but I read on your Wikipedia that you felt constrained by the art lessons that you were taking because they focused on recreating what was found in nature perfectly. So I'm assuming that... Art schools at the time were saying, like, the closer that a painting is to what it looks like is, oh, you're even bored by this explanation. Just even thinking about it has Mm -hmm. put me back to sleep. I Um, see. So you you did not like that school of thought. Uh, Like, let's try to make this look what it looks like. Right. They were all so boring mm-hmm. and I, I couldn't I couldn't take it anymore so I said you know what I'm just gonna put my vag out there and see what happens <laughs> and that was exciting is, and fun uh, and this, it this was is, very uh, fruitful was this like a um you know you're not speaking you're speaking figuratively of course about putting your vagina out there or were you saying specifically this is uh, all true this is so, I don't do sarcasm not like this oh guy I see yes. not like not like King George no, no she does do sarcasm <laughs> 
Okay. I just said He's, I don't. I no, am but learning. You don't. I, I'm being sarcastic. What? Oh, you got me again. I my think stupid so cool. skull. Oh, <laughs> God. Oh, I see in your skull you're missing the divot that makes it easy for you to interpret sarcasm, sarcasm from other countries. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So, you decide as an artist that, that art should be open to the interpretation of the artist. Um, and so, I'm imagining that that means, in addition to painting flower representations of your own vagina, uh-huh. um, that... You know, if uh, I'm gonna paint a door, maybe it doesn't look exactly like the door that I'm painting. It's gonna look no, a little. No, I put it upside down different. or something. Ooh, upside yeah. down yeah. door. Yeah. Message. Get it? I like but it. But do you get it? I think I get it. It's, it's evocative. Um, after school, you worked as a commercial illustrator for a while. That must have been really frustrating to you to be contractually obligated to paint things to look how they're supposed to look when in your heart. All you want to be doing are these abstractions and turning doors upside down and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, it was like really that. frustrating. I even mm-hmm. I started a fight club. You started a fight club? Yeah. yeah. Georgia. Okay. That's how the only way I could cope with commercialism was starting a fight club. So you'd go to work, you'd paint things exactly how they're supposed to look. Yes. Like this is a banana. And I would almost this lose my mind. Chair. I started bleeding from my ears, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "No, I need to feel something again." So, so how did you? So so walk us through it. Like you I you leave the office. Other artists to take part because we all had the same trouble where Ooh. we would have to do any any big names uh i fought picasso picasso yeah. yeah wow it was because i fucked up his face so bad that he started drawing faces like that yeah oh my god yeah. that makes a lot of sense if you look at a picasso face it looks like someone because beat... of me you know what i because i was in uh i was in our the picasso museum in france after i saw fight club oh wow I, the movie fight club and i was like this reminds me of the way these faces looked after Fight Club. Yep, 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 yep. That's amazing. Yes. So you go there, you We'd do a couple beat rounds. Beat the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. Yep, I smacked the, the mustache off of Salvador Dali. <laughs> what a nerd he had yep. coming. Yep. Mm, that, yeah, that's, oh, that's that's incredible. So this was a way for you to satisfy... Oh, and we all loved it. ...the pent-up oppression. Yes. So, the, But you left the uh, the marketing job after about two years yeah it was a short-lived um, did you I had too many the, bruises did you continue the fight club after uh leaving uh your commercial art job oh yes mm. we kept it going okay so yeah. even after you'd already started teaching art in schools and stuff like mm-hmm. that exactly oh wonderful okay um i actually do have more questions about that but we're gonna take a, a break very shortly uh so let's let's leave with um uh, one question for king george um, I wanted to ask you about some of the women that you might have married in your life, because be- obviously being royalty meant that your marriage would be a big deal. There were two women that you might have married, but you decided to not marry either of them. But the, dis- the Wikipedia doesn't say why. And so I'd like to ask you, if you wouldn't mind, just tell us really quickly why you decided not to marry both of these women. Uh, so the first was a woman named Larry Sarah Lennox. La- <laughs> sorry, Lady. <laughs> that was a... That was not. That was my fault. You almost lady, answered your own question, Lady Sarah Lennox, who you were apparently smitten with, but who your mother's advisor, Lord Butte, said you should not marry her. Uh, do you remember Lady Sarah Lennox and why Lord Butte advised against marrying her? I remember Lady Sarah Lennox. Mm-hmm. I was very much in love with her, but Lord Butte, he, as you said, advised me not to. Mm-hmm. Because he said that she was a bad influence. A bad influence. And I'll tell you why. It's because she was not only getting into opium, but she was getting into 
and it's hard for me to even say this, waltz music. She oh, was waltzing? No. She was waltzing. Oh, my God. And at the time, waltzing was vulgar. That's like, was, that's like Lombada, the forbidden dance. It's, it is very sexual, the Oof. waltz. Mm. And he saw her waltzing with you other men. You can't marry this woman who's just going to be high mm. on opium, waltzing with whoever will extend an elbow for her to grab. Yes. So yeah. he advised me, and in hindsight, the waltz wasn't that bad, and <laughs> the opium was the bigger problem. Mm -hmm. She did, she did get really high on opium and fall mm -hmm. in a river. And well, drown. I mean, I did read that she did cheat on her husband, the man that she did eventually yes. marry. So it seems like that was a pretty that was a pretty solid bet that uh, Lord Boot made. Uh, the second woman. You bet your butt that you bet you your had a good bet. Oh my god! Uh, the second was uh, Princess Sophie Carolyn of Brunswick, Wolfenbuttle. What? And this woman, both you and your mother said that you did not want to marry uh, a Princess Sophie. Do you remember why you and your mother? First, her name sounds like if a cupcake came to life. Wolfen Wolfenbuttle. What's the whole thing again? It was Princess Sophie Carolyn of Brunswick, <laughs> Wolfenbuttle. Well, here's the deal. <laughs> Two reasons that I didn't want to marry her. His name is really tickled, Georgia O'Keefe. Yes, well, and here's the thing that Georgia is sort of, you know, she's intuited from it. Mm -hmm. One problem was already a princess, mm. and that's sort of a big no-go for me. Two, she was a cupcake that came to life. <laughs> I knew it. Princess Sophie Carolyn of Brunswick Wolfenbuttle was a cupcake that became a that a came woman? to life. Did you kiss her and then she became a woman? No, she was already alive. It just took me and mother over a year to well, realize it was just a cupcake with be, legs and let's arms. Let's be specific. So you didn't. It, this cupcake didn't become a person. It became alive. It, it became was a an alive cupcake. cupcake with arms and legs that would walk around. Yes, gotcha. And so, did you get intimate with her? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, good question. Answer my question. <laughs> I'm going to. I just wanted to give a good dramatic pause before I say, okay. I titty fucked her. Whoa! King George the Third. That is quite a note to, to, to hit the break with. Right between the cupcakes. He was titty. And that's kind of, that was part of what I was like, this is different. This is weird. <laughs> and I was like, because it's frosting. Mm -hmm. uh, that is... Yeah, no, I can see where you wouldn't want to marry a um an animate cupcake with, with arms, arms and legs. Arms and legs. Despite the having despite... sharing the intimate experience of uh, titty fucking her in her frosting. Uh we've got to take a short break, but we will be right back with Georgia O'Keefe and King George the Third on Famous Dead People Stay with Us. Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts, rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends, all that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on 
Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are the 18th century British monarch who reigned during the Seven Years' War with France, the American War of Independence, and the Battle of Waterloo against Napoleon, King George III. Bow to me, nerds. And uh, American painter and artist best known for her depictions of flowers, skyscrapers, and New Mexico landscapes, Georgia O'Keeffe. What's that? Uh, now, I'd like oh. to ask what a topical reference, <laughs> Georgia O'Keeffe. That is cool. That is super cool. <laughs> oh, man. People are going to start doing that again Any in day. 2019. Yeah, let's start this year off right with a little... Just yeah, they're gonna get rid of dilly dilly and get into it. Jump into the bazaar. So, uh, Georgia O'Keeffe, your brother Alexis, he served during World War One, and while he was away, you painted the flag, which was your response to the war. It was a painting that you titled "The Flag." That's right. According to Wikipedia, the flag expresses your anxiety and depression about the war. And I know that this is a this is not a visual medium, uh, podcasting, radio hosting. Oh, they can't see me. Well, they cannot see you. No, unfortunately. Oh, bummer. I was wondering why you're doing all those weird hip, <laughs> hip shakes and wiggles. I thought this was hard being yeah, filmed. Yeah, you dressed up for this podcast. <laughs> Dang it! You've got these yeah. like moles all over your face. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, are those real? Did you put those there? Those, those are fake. It's for decoration. Ah, decorative moles like Cindy Crawford. Exactly. Um, so, would you be able to describe for us this painting, the the flag, for our listeners who may not have seen it, and how it symbolized your anxiety and depression about the war? Sure. Have you seen the flag? Have I seen the painting of the flag or the, the, the American, American flag? flag? I have seen the American flag. It's yep. kind of like that. Okay, so yep. you painted the American flag. Yep. Red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. Stars and stripes. Yes. Okay. And then people went ape shit about it and i i said oh i just was bored one day and painted the flag and, mm-hmm. and everyone uh, these thick-headed americans mm-hmm. lost their damn minds and um yeah I, I i enjoyed that painting i i thought it was um pretty good but mm-hmm. uh honestly it's not not my favorite okay well that makes sense that i mean you you had so many other seminal works mm-hmm. so many incredible uh, flowers, New Mexico landscapes, uh, cow skulls. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you're saying that you just painted the flag. Yep. You didn't change it at all. There nope. was no, there was no, um, what do you call it? There was no artistic perspective in it. It was just a straight up flag. Yes. And people looked at it and were like, oh my God. They oh, started foaming at the mouth. Oh my God. You must hate the war and you must be so worried about your brother, yep. Alexis. Exactly. And they, I, just let that, really... I just let this part of my art is I just let them make up their own narrative. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, is it possible that you unconsciously put those feelings into this painting? And then if we looked at it, we would go, oh my God, it's so clear that you have these anxieties. But to you, it just looks like a regular flag. Well, oh, I'm, I'm crying. Oh I my God. That... Oh. Um, wow. I, I, this is the first time I'm even 
conscious of these feelings. Oh my um, God. Huh. <laughs> I think I have to I think I have to think about this one for a minute. That's um, okay. Well well I didn't see on the Wikipedia, did your brother Alexis survive the war? Did he come back to America afterwards? Oh, he was fine. Oh, okay, yes. good. That's good. Thank yeah, goodness. Yeah. All right. I'm glad that everything worked out uh with both Alexis and America at the end of World War One. Um sir. Yes, it's all going perfectly in America. <laughs> it's all going everything's great. perfect. There's definitely nothing that I would change. No, nothing I would change either. Mm-hmm. You guys really nailed it. Great job. Is Thank this, you. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I it's think I'm more of that classic British on... sarcasm. Hey! <laughs> yes, that's what this what? is. Uh, let's go back over to King George just a moment. So you eventually marry uh, Princess Charlotte of Mecl- Mecklenburg-Strelitz, I believe is how you pronounce it, uh, who you first met on your wedding day. Like there, This was an arranged marriage. You'd never met this. You'd ever seen her before in your entire life. Uh, can you walk us through that moment? Like, what are your first thoughts when you see Princess Charlotte of mecklenburg strelitz Walk us through it. Would you lift her veil? Did you walk down the aisle together? Like, like, how did this happen? So I'm back. I'm backstage at the church. You're back. <laughs> You're backstage. I'm backstage and all my bros are like, mm-hmm. George, dude, it's happening. You're going to get married. And I'm like, but what if Charlotte from mecklenburg strelitz <laughs> What if she's a total uggo? Mm. What if she's a real lame ass? Yeah. You know? Because mm-hmm. you got to remember, at this point, I dated an animated cupcake. Mm. I'd seen some freaky shit. Yeah. So I was like, what if this is a boring marriage? What if, what if I'm making a huge mistake? And my dudes were like, no, George, you got this. So they walked me down and the doors of the church opened. I got out from backstage. Mm. I'm into the... St- Staging area. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, the church. Mm-hmm. You're, you're off in the wings, or are you now in front of the audience of the church? Well, I now I'm in front of everyone. I'm wearing my crown. You're on stage. At a concert? On stage at church. On stage at church. <laughs> yeah. I get on stage at church. George, and- have you ever been to a church, Georgie O'Keefe? Not, Do you not, in, know? not in Britain. There's no. like definitely a, there's a stage area, there's wings. We there's call bombs. it the stage. There, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a vomitorium, there's yeah. a promethium. Lights, you know. There's uh, lighting. There's a tech guy. There's in a the little. Booth. There's a little side area if you need to do a quick change. The stage manager, you know, stage uh, stage manager, if you will. So, anyways, you're saying you you go out. So I'm standing in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. It's Honestly. totally fucking packed, you mm-hmm. know. And I'm like, oh god, here it comes. And then there she appears in the aisle, Charlotte of Mecklenburg Strelitz. Wow, and she's That's her name. just yeah. she's a fucking hottie. <laughs> And I'm like, well, at least we're one for two. Mm-hmm. If she's cool, then it's two for two. All right. So did you try to figure out, like, if she was all... She's clearly a hottie with a body, right? And you're like, okay. Did you try to find out if she was cool before you actually tied the knot? Like, you got, you yeah, got seconds she comes here. You got up, second here, comes, King George. She walks down the aisle. Everyone rises. She gets up. And I'm like, I'm like right now, you got to tell me. <laughs> Do you do you sometimes drink too much mead? And she's like, absolutely. Uh, that's and I'm so like, dope. do you? Who's your favorite jester right now? Who's your favorite jester? <laughs> and she's like, she's like uh, Higginbotham, the jester <laughs> from Yorkshire. And I'm like, yes, you get it, Higginbotham, the jester from Yorkshire. He is my guy. That's my guy. And I'm like. <laughs> Okay, last thing before the priest starts talking, before the music dies down, 
you got to tell me who is your favorite uh, lute player. <laughs> and she's like, Bob Dylan. This is a different Bob Dylan. Different this Bob, is of course. Bob Dylan, so of Bob course. Dylan. He played the lute. Mm-hmm. And I, it was like, okay. I think this is going to work. Wow. Charlotte of Mecklenburg's it's trilogy. It's so great when you meet a girl who's like who's like down like that, and you it, know? It's so great. Like, and then it's she's also... into Higglebottom. She's into <laughs> it's Dylan. It's so great. The, and then it's the bonus is mead, like you're, you know? <laughs> you're already getting married to her. Yeah, there's no work. You don't have to put any effort into it, you know? It's this just is like exactly the kind of girl you want who it's like, you know, hey, it's Sunday. I want to watch jousting with my friends. She's not going to be all, no, no, we got to go. No, in fact, you she's know. like, here's my jousting jersey. Shut I love up. jousting too. She had ju- <laughs> yes. She had a jousting. Yes, I swear to God, she That's had a so jousting dope. jersey. This is so oh, cool. God. That Sometimes is amazing. Sometimes we would just watch jousting. <laughs> And it, Wait, you'd watch jou- with her? She'd yes, watch with and you? she knew all the jousters. So she didn't have to explain the rules or no, anything? Or, oh, she explained wow. rules to me. Shut up. That's so cool. Oh, so, God, does she have a sister? Am I yes, right? Yes, but she's long dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's so great to hear. And, I mean, you know, the Wikipedia said that you guys had a great marriage exactly you, know? like you never cheated on her for once is right happy together you had 15 children together 15 15 <laughs> children do you find that shocking georgia that's, okay? that's a lot of kids that is a lot of kids yeah um we stayed fucking dab on them <laughs> sorry what was that dab on them dab on them you said you stayed fucking yes i'm using vernacular i did i that that one went over my head are you familiar with that one i georgia get it it's I, not really a phrase. I'm picking just it putting, up from the context. It's like, we, we fucked a lot. Gotcha, gotcha. Is that a thing? People say, like, we stayed, whatever. Yes. Yeah, it is. Okay. All right. Get with it, dude. <laughs> I'm a you need to behind. hit the streets. I'm a little behind on it. Let's come back to Georgia O'Keefe for just a moment. Uh, so you eventually left your job as a commercial illustrator, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. You begin teaching art at various schools. In 1915, you're teaching art at Columbia College in South Carolina. You do a series of, quote, highly innovative charcoal abstractions based on personal sensations. Mm -hmm. And I would love to know more about that. Abstractions based on personal sensations. What kind of sensations were you experiencing that you wanted to translate into art? And how would you? Like, what kind of abstraction? Like, what what do these things look like? The big one was indigestion. Indigestion. every time I felt farty and bloaty, I would get real sad and Mm -hmm. think, how can I transform my sadness? Oh, gotcha. And uh, so I would just draw what I felt in my my guts and my poop. And um, (laughs) I said, oh, Oh, that's art. And that's when I first started the 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 whole thing of like painting my own body. Oh, interesting. Uh, so I would draw my indigestion mm-hmm. and did the because obviously your vagina sort of resembled flowers. Mm-hmm. Did your indigestion look like something noticeable, like you know, like like an object? Well, or as a you know, it's very abstract. Yes, but, of course. Um, it did look like like a poop. <laughs> it did look a little bit like a poop. Yes. Okay, and now did did expressing yourself this way did it alleviate the sensation, or was it just did it just sort of make you feel satisfied as an artist to see it represented out there? Yeah, it just made me it just made the time pass, and then I just expel my bowels, and then I'd feel better. Okay, well that's fun. Were there any other sensations that you were that you were trying to get down on the page? 
uh, there was um, I'd get headaches, and so I'd draw my headaches, mm-hmm. and um, that, d- that didn't really help. It kind of made the headaches worse because I had mm. to pay attention. Yeah, focusing um, at the, the, that can be really uh, you know caustic if you're having mental pains already, you know, brain pains, if you will. Exactly. Yeah. So it almost sounds like you know these sensations that you were trying to get on a page page were just sort of like. Um, uh, inconveniences like 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 simple maladies. You were uncomfortable for X, Y, or Z reason, and so instead of going to the pharmacy and getting like Alka Seltzer, you would just sort of like draw these sensations. Exactly. Hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and there was nothing. There, there was no like you know. Um, oh, I feel love for this, or I feel longing for this. It was all just headache. Bloating, constipation. Just very straightforward. Gotcha. Yep. Hangnail? Hang Hang na- oh, yes. yes. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember I broke my nail once on a, on a, on a, my art. <laughs> on your art? I was lifting art. up and moving somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I immediately had to put that down and draw a new painting mm. uh, that I called Hangnail. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. Wow, I'd really, I mean, that's a good workflow system where it's like you get pain from the art that you just made yes. and that just sort of like propels you into the next thing you're creating. Yes. That's very savvy. That's very smart. Um, now, according to the Wikipedia, these um, charcoal abstractions that you were doing, these are the first attempt from any American artist to practice pure abstractions in the way that you were doing. Were you aware that you were that you were setting a new trend at the time? That you were that you were, that you were uh, trailblazing? I... I... Don't think I I was aware of it. I just knew that I, like I mentioned before, I just hated people so much, mm. and I didn't want it. I didn't want anybody to really talk to me or come near me. Uh, so I would, I, I didn't feel inspired by uh, love or mm-hmm. anything like that. I just wanted people to be confused at what I was doing. Mm. And then that made me feel better somehow. Interesting. So yeah. you wanted to paint something that nobody could understand and it would give them a headache and you would exactly. be like, yes. Now they can feel my why, my hatred and my pain. Interesting. Okay. Um, Confounding people. That's that's the highest art. That's, yeah. <laughs> The highest form of art so. is confounding and confusing. I people. can't tell if you're being sarcastic. This it's, time I'm not. It sounds a little, I but. I don't know. You might fool me once. Uh, for those of you just joining us, you're listening to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. And my guests today are 20th century painter Georgia O'Keeffe. Hello. And 18th century British monarch who reigned during the American War of Independence, King George III. I shall crush you! Now, I'd like to switch gears a little bit and start talking about your mental illness, King George III. Oh, so you oh. suffered from. Uh, a bipolar bipolar disorder uh, that may or may not have been caused by a blood uh, syndrome that would eventually take your life. There's some conjecture historically about whether or not that's accurate. Uh, by the late 1780s, you're about 40-ish, uh, you start showing symptoms of this mental deterioration, periods of mania. Um, uh, according to Wikipedia, you would sometimes speak for hours without pause causing your mouth to foam. Is that right? <laughs> That's absolutely incorrect. And I should tell you that incorrect. I never spoke with it without pause. I would always take a pause, and it was always normal. And it was a completely normal thing, and I talked in a most normal way. And there's no way that I would talk uh, King George, without foaming. King George, what? do you mind just... It, it almost seems like you're going on like one of your manic ra- rants at the moment. Is this something that you still fall fall into? I guess it is. Wow. So it's something you're still dealing with. Yes, I guess... 
back then, you know, we didn't have the term bipolar. Mm. It was just that old loon, King George. Mm. He's got a case of the loons, he does. He's got a case of the loons, and mm. people didn't know that I was hurting. Mm. Yeah, you had something you needed to express on the inside. If only you could have painted. You should have painted. If only you could have done charcoal. No, like... I couldn't paint, but what I could do was see to the murder of thousands of people. <laughs> oh. Uh, do you remember, like, because these, uh, according, like, four hours of, of speaking is pretty incredible feat. Do you recall of any of what you would talk about, or was it all just basically, like, gibberish? Like, were there, were there actual opinions, things that you were espousing, or did you just, was it just gobbledygook? No, there were real opinions in there. Mm. You know, there was some gobbledygook, of course, but there was also some real opinions, you know. What were some of the topics that you hit upon in your four-hour-long rants? Uh, Of course, you know, the Irish are subhuman, and that was true. And then there was, (laughs) uh, what else? What if someone brought up India? India, uh, yes. Oh, uh, it, was it was it like that? Were people like throwing suggestions at you and then just like start ranting, ranting, sure, ranting, yeah. ranting? Sure, yeah. So, I mean, if you want to try that, I mean, yes. Ooh. India, uh, a colony that's only good for its spices. Its people should be wiped out. Oh, wow. wow. That is a controversial thing to say. Yes, well, I'm King George III. <laughs> so suck my dick. <laughs> I'm, I want to get a t-shirt with that on it. I'm King George III, so suck my dick. Uh, there was also the story, and this has been discredited, but I, I have to ask you if it's true or not, that at one point you were so out of your mind uh, that at one point you shook hands with a tree that you thought was the king of Prussia. And again, this story has been discredited as just propaganda, but is there any truth to that story at look, all? Look, if you ever seen the king of Prussia? I have not. Tell me he doesn't look like a tree. I didn't. You see, you're saying that the king of Prussia at the time, okay. in the 1780s, Looked so much like a tree that anybody could make that mistake. Easy mistake to make. Mm. And it's true. It did happen. And yes, my PR team cleaned it up and Mm. said that it didn't. But yes, I shook hands. And it wasn't just one tree. It was several hundred trees that I thought were the king of Prussia. Wait, so was it like all in a line? Were you like, this is the king of Prussia, and this is the king of Prussia, and this is the king of Prussia? They would correct me. They'd say, no, sir, no, that's not the king of Prussia. And I was like, well, surely this is the king of Prussia. (laughs) Exactly. Well, surely this is the king. And it was, it kept happening that way, and it it happened for several hours. And in the end, when I finally met the king of Prussia, and they all, you know, I, I turned to my staff and I said, why the fuck? Did you make me walk through the woods <laughs> on the way here? Knowing how much he looks like a tree, why would you put me in the situation? He looked like that uh, Groot thing, you know? Groot! That's right. He looked like Groot. Mm. So, All right, so you're saying that you did, that you you, shaped, you saying, shook a tree's and thinking that it was the King of Prussia. Yes. All right. Didn't yes. he and die by a- getting chopped in half? Who, the King of Prussia? Yes. I was going to say, wouldn't that be awkward if you, you shake hands with all these trees and then finally you're like, well, this is obviously a tree, so we should chop it down. And then you're like, oh, no, it is the King of Prussia. Mm-hmm. That would be awkward, wouldn't it? <laughs> would be, thank God that didn't Can you happen. imagine if that did happen? I didn't read that, though. Is that did you did you read about that it's while you were in Wikipedia. school? Oh, the King of Prussia got chopped down because it looked so much like a tree. Yes. Uh, it had nothing to do with me. I wonder what happened to Definitely. the woods. I wonder what happened to to the King of Prussia. Like, what it, if he got carved into anything? I definitely wasn't. I wasn't the one swinging the axe. Mm. We can be. We can rest assured. I don't think. I don't think it's sarcasm. I think it's just a straight up lie. I think he's just trying to protect himself. <laughs> he's just trying to protect his own. Prussian law dictates that you can still be tried for murder even in death. Really? Yes. Oh wow. Well, all right. Well, your secret is safe with us. 
uh, King George III, the man who chopped down the King of Prussia. Did you do anything with his body? Because I was just curious if they did anything, like turned him into canoe or anything. Did you do anything once the King of Prussia was chopped down? Uh... Are you trying to implicate him? No, I'm just curious. I want to know. <laughs> oh, yeah, I almost fell right into that. <laughs> no, right. I certainly didn't. If you turned I him into a canoe. Didn't build him hypothetically, in... hypothetically, would you have turned if him you into had a chopped canoe? down the King of Prussia. Hypothetically, I would have built him into a canoe and canoed down the river and and gone to a little river bank and gotten naked and <laughs> just you know bathed in the King of Prussia. Yes. Mm-hmm. But that's hypothetically. In actuality, mm-hmm. no, I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's move on. All right. The King George III did not chop down the King of Prussia, turn him into a canoe, ride him down the river, and get naked, and then bathe in the King of that Prussia. That didn't happen. Didn't, definitely didn't happen. That's crazy. Let's go back to uh, Giorgio Key for just a moment. Okay. So while you're working in South Carolina, you send these charcoal sketches uh, of your headaches and your constipation and your hangnail. Yes. And... Uh, and uh, you send them to a friend of yours in New York, and they show it to a gallery owner named Alfred Stieglitz, Ugh. and he puts together your first exhibit in New York in 1917. You're 30 years old mm-hmm. at the time. So first question, mm-hmm. did you know that your friend was going to show these sketches around? Is that why you sent your sketches out? Or was it just like, hey, my friend here, have some sketches of my, of my headache and my constipation? Well, he was a big wig in, in town in... Are you talking about Alfred or your Alfred. friend? Alfred, mm-hmm. yes. So I figured he'd help me put my work out there, mm-hmm. which uh, came at a cost. I had to end up marrying him. Ooh. Yep. So he was like, I will put these in my gallery, but you have to marry me yep. in seven years. Pretty much. That's what he said? That's right. So he said, I'll, I'll put these up in my, on my wall, but seven years from today, you have to marry me. And I said, deal. Wow. Because why not? You that know? is like some medieval level curse, like a Rumpelstiltskin style, you know, really the long con. There. He it's a was, long game. Yeah, he was yeah. two feet tall. Oh, interesting. Yes. Alfred Stieglitz, the yeah. legendary gallery owner who made your career. Yes. Two feet tall. Yes. Interesting. And you would uh, enter rooms from like a cloud of smoke. Ooh, just sort of apparate. And exit that mm, way. Fun. I mean, that. Is charming. I probably would have married him just for right. That, it's know? a it's a gimmick. I like mm-hmm. it. I was not opposed. I see. Uh, so you worked with Alfred for a number of years. Eventually, you got married because, as we already established, we made a pact. You made a pact that he you swore to. Um, so, but but of course, you know this was all happening long distance. You know, you were in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. He was in New York. Um, were there was there any uh, in-person communication that's happening between the two of you? Was it all correspondence? At one point, did you actually see him for the first time? Uh, well, well, as I said, I was, quote-unquote, spinning my gold, a.k.a. painting, mm-hmm. and then yeah. he sort of just poofed into my room. Really? Yes. Wait, and... so he sees your drawings. He apparates from New York to, to South Carolina. That's right. Interesting. Yes. Okay. yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, what are you doing here, you little freak? And he said... Um, <laughs> He he told me what the deal was, and mm-hmm. I said, okay, I've got nothing going on other than my painting, mm-hmm. so let's make it happen. And then I got very rich and famous. Wow, mm-hmm. that's incredible. Yes. It really seems like a- Worth I, it. I have to ask you a question. Okay. Did you ever try to get him to say his own name? Because it, it's- Can, have You, try, you like try, say his name. Alfred, Alfred, Alfred Stieglitz. 
Yeah. It, Don't say it two more times. Oh, will he just show he'll up? show up. I had no idea. Yes. Oh, God. I don't remember how many times I've said it already, but I won't say it anymore, yeah, I promise. No. Um, okay. But he's got one of those names. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Alfred he, Stieglitz. Uh, mm-hmm. Careful. <laughs> careful. <laughs> how many times? I think you're supposed to say it 20 times. That's how you get him to, that's how you get him to show up. Alfred Stieglitz. Alfred Stieglitz. Alfred King Stieglitz, George. King, I'm turning your mic off, King George. Alfred Stieg, Stieglitz. Is my mic on? <laughs> I'll stop. I think, you're at, okay, I think you're he's at 19. I think so he's at stop. 19. Uh, so Unless you want to get married to a two-foot man. Two-foot tall man who is a very successful art dealer. But you did say that you didn't paint. I don't paint. Maybe he can get you into some, some Your music, beats. music Your DJ festivals, stuff. though. Yeah, maybe he could represent that for you. Well, I wouldn't turn him down. I need a manager. I would say true. do it after the show, maybe. Because, okay. Uh, we don't have another microphone available for him if he does show up. Uh, but I wanted to ask you about, uh, he did some nude photographs of you. Oh, yes. Um, that he would show, like, in tandem with your paintings. Yep. Um, was that something that was, like, w- was that a plan? Like, Well, it you... totally solved my problem of me trying to take a picture of my own badge. <laughs> and then he just did it for me. And I said, oh, shit, I didn't even think about asking like, somebody else lot, for help. This yeah. is a lot easier so, and faster. Yes. And it, <laughs> so it was like a match made in heaven, really. Gotcha. I, yes, it, it worked out in my, my benefit. So you're having the art show where you're showing your flowers slash your vaginas to dudes. Yes. And, and then any dudes that are. Surprise. <laughs> it was me all along. Mm-hmm. So it, it worked. And then maybe you go across town where your actual vagina is. And right. there's all these dudes are turned on also. Yes. Man, you got their pick of the litter. Yes. George O'Keefe. You're running the game. Dab on that. Dab oh, on that. Oh, dab it. What was it? We kept, we kept sexing. I, yep. Stayed, stayed sexing. We, we stayed sexing. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good uh, it's a pretty good stick that you had there, you know, mm-hmm. really running through them. Uh, we are quickly running a time here on Famous Dead People, so I think we'll just finish with this last uh, question here for King George. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last war that you reigned over, the Napoleonic War, um, you know, France is just crushing it during this war. Uh, Napoleon is is going crazy. In uh, 1800, uh, England is alone against violent Napoleon. It seems as though an invasion is imminent, and you begin reviewing volunteers for war in Hyde Park. Um, and people, people are just, they come to watch. They come to watch you put people through these drills to see if they can stem off the French invasion. Is that right? Indeed, yes. What, I would, yeah. what were some of the things that you would do to try to see if people were were ready and were quality enough to to stave off the French, the imminent French invasion. I would say, I'd say, you know, there'd be, let's say, five strapping young men mm-hmm. who'd come up and say, King George, my name is William Honeycutt, <laughs> and I come from South London, and I want to fight in the King's army. And I'd say, all right, you little twat. <laughs> now, climb those monkey bars, go! Now, do five push-ups. Go. Now, run a mile in less than an hour. Go. <laughs> was this elementary school? No, this was just a different time when people were very out of shape. Wow. Most people had gout and were dying. So, yeah, five push-ups, a mile in less than an hour. Uh, and so I'm not going to imagine monkey that's, bars. That is one mile per hour that, that they have to only run. And <laughs> yes. monkey bars. Wow, you must have. You, everybody must have been applicable then. Did anybody fail this test? Most people. Failed Most it. people failed it. Yes. Oh my God. So then, how how many people did you end up recruiting for your volunteer army? 
Six. Six people. We were ready for an invasion, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't end up happening, so that's good that you only had six people. But I swear to God, if it had happened, me and Wayne and Reggie <laughs> and Phil and Lonnie and Steve. No women. And wait, Susan. Wait, oh. Susan, the sixth one. We would have been ready for them. Oh, man. It would have been something for the ages. Good old Susan. That would have been, you know, that's a movie I'd like to see. Unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. I'd like to thank my guests, King George and George O'Keefe, for joining me in the studio today. George Last... and George. George and George. George. Yeah, how about that? That's the pretty cute. The state is named for me, and you're named for the state. Ah. So um, in a way, you're named for me. Interesting. Uh, didn't even put that My together. parents named me after the, the other Georgia. Mm, okay. The one in, <laughs> the one in uh, Eastern Europe? That's the one. Okay. <laughs> Uh, last question. I know it's a little weird, but do I think you have any comedians or comedy shows or Twitter accounts that you're really big fans of? Uh, King George, anything you want to tell people about? I'll tell people about two things. Well, probably like four things. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, first, uh, the Great American Country Drifters, or Great Country Band. I find country music fascinating, as it's the music of the dumbest of the Americans. Mm. They're playing a show in mid-January, January 12th at Pine Box Rock Shop. You should go, everybody should go check everybody that out. Everybody should go check that out. And also another cool podcast, Sports Lords. Check that out. And check out the final shows of the music industry and Junior Varsity at the Magnet Theater uh, through the end of January, Thursday nights at 7. All right. And finally... Just love yourself. Just love yourselves. And uh, Georgia O'Keefe, anything you want to tell people about? Uh, check out Chucho Improv on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And go see Big Whoop at the Magnet Theater. Big Whoop at the Magnet Theater. I, of course, am your host, Jared Berenstein. You can check out all my stuff at jaredberenstein.com. Buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. Rate and review the podcast. Uh, my improv team, Junior Varsity, is being retired. So... There's only five, there's only, at this point, there's only four Thursdays left where you can come see it. So come out one of these Thursdays in January, 7 p.m. at the Magnet Theater for one of the last Junior Varsity shows. Hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. I remember the first time I went over to the colonies. Mm-hmm. I well, it. yes, and I, of course... The American rebels were heathens, mm-hmm. so I had them whip me. <laughs> they whipped me in my haunches. Whipped you? That's yes. <laughs> this is a new dance that everybody's doing. All the kids are going crazy. They're twisting around and they're they're getting their dicks hard. Oh. It's called the Jarrett Berenstein. I did not consent to that dance. (laughs) Casey Kasem.